Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Good afternoon, folks. Welcome to another live broadcast uh, with myself, Baron Cross, and Joe Donoghue of Leeds Live Fame. Uh, we're live on the Facebook page. It's twenty to six. Uh, we're approaching uh, two hours already since full time in the capital. As you can see, I am not in the capital. I am in. Uh, I'm very much in the box room in the house. And uh, Mr. Donoghue is down there, brave in the cold. Um, he's been there to watch what is a thrilling game in the capital. Any of you that have, that have followed Leeds Live for any particular length of time will know that I generally miss all the good games. So today was the the kiss of death for, or the kiss of life for today's game. Um, yeah, but I mean, there, there was bound to be goals today with, with me not being there. But, but thankfully, Leeds were on the right-hand side of the result. And West Ham United 2, Leeds United 3. Joe, I'll, I'll let you do the honours. Um, but an outstanding, regardless of the, the small print and, and maybe the cost that the, that the team may pay in the days ahead with, with injury news, an outstanding result in the league table looking much, much more favourable now. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually had, had time to, to, to check the league table, but I believe that's above Everton or at least on, on level points with Everton. Up to, up to um, 15th and nine points yeah. clear. Careful, that's nosebleed territory for this season. But um, yeah, I mean... What an enthralling end-to-end game. I mean, the first 15 minutes, Leeds were, were very much on top uh, for any of you who weren't watching the game on, on, on telly. Um, and then it's around the 18th minute, Furpo started to sort of feel his, the back of his thigh and, and Adam Forshaw was down receiving treatment and he kind of thought, oh no, here we go. And both of those players came off, Leo Helden and, and, and Lewis Bate, who made their debuts uh, last week right here at the London Stadium. Uh, they came on for their Premier League debuts. And... I wouldn't say it was down to them. I think it was just the disruption um, of, of, of the game, of the substitution so early on um, that, that West Ham kind of had the momentum and went on the front foot. But um, Jack Harrison with the hat-trick, I think that's that's what we have to begin with, don't we, Baron? I mean, it's not... What odds would you have got for Jack Harrison to get a hat-trick this season before his goal against Burnley, before, before today even? I mean, nobody saw that coming. But I tell you what, he took all of his goals really, really well. Yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I mean, nobody would have seen that coming. I mean, like I could say anybody that, that's followed our coverage or... I mean, I think Leeds United coverage in general will know that, that Harrison doesn't always get the kindest press. I think we're all fairly critical of him. I think... I don't think any of it's particularly unfair. I think uh, he can frustrate at times, but he does have this knack every occasionally of, of turning out a 9 out of 10 and just being absolutely brilliant. And by all means, I like, like your thoughts on it as well. As people can tell, I've, I've had to watch the game on TV, so I've only seen probably as much as them. But f- from my point of view, where I was sat... He didn't actually seem to be involved in a lot of the game beyond the goals. He seems to sort of pop up at the right time, at the right place to, to hit the back of the net. And like I say, the first finish, lovely positioning. And we'll talk about that as well. And, and Forshaw's role in that in that goal, because you know, I, I questioned it with you as the game kicked off. But you know, Robin Cock was playing as the defensive midfielder. We had Dallas at right back. We had Ailing in the middle. We had Forshaw playing as this more advanced midfielder. And it was working wonderfully in that first 15, 20 minutes with the way him and Click were just popping up as... There's almost these Metzala positions. They were sort of going out wide. They were they were so far forward. And Forshaw, of course, was critical to, to Harrison's opener. Um, second goal, I think we'd all admit is fairly opportunistic, but thankfully he takes it from that range. We've seen him miss we've seen him miss chances from that range at Ellen Road. 
But then the third one is just dripping in quality. I mean, what a finish that third one is. The, everything was going, the goalkeeper was coming out, the angle was getting worse, the ball was slowing down. The distance he had with which to get it up and over the goalkeeper and into the net was just diminishing by the minute. But an amazing finish. But, but you talk about his performance generally. I mean, I think you're, you're right when you say that he popped up at the right moments at the right time because, you know, the, he wasn't, you know, hugely involved. But whatever he did do, you know, was was alert. It was decisive. And I think that's all you can ask for, really, with, with a player who, you know, has maybe been through a little bit of patchy form this season. But today he was he was very much on it. And that's, you know, obviously the, the hat-trick is going to be the, the headline grabber. But, I mean, as you say, that first goal, you know, laid off from Adam Forshaw uh, and, you know, just... Bends the, bends the ball just away from Fabianski. Baron, you'll know from where we were sat last weekend um, at the London Stadium, the press box is sort of on one, one half of the pitch. And it was sort of right down our throats. We could just see it just sort of curl it, curving away from, from Fabianski. And the, the Leeds fans who were there as well would have obviously had that view as well. Um, so that was a really satisfying one to see. And then number two, when um, Rafinha's corner swung in, it's good delivery. And, you know, West Ham are a big team, but Luke Ayling rises highest and gets that decisive flick on it. And you know, for weeks now we've been we've been saying you just want a striker, you want to gamble a player to gamble on those little flicks that are just flashing around the six-yard box. And Harrison's there; he's made the run off the back, and he gets a he gets a thigh, I think it is, eventually, just to to guide it into the net. Fabianski doesn't move, and you know that's that, that's two-one back in back in front. And at that point was that, that was where the pendulum could have swung in West Ham's favour, I think, because they were really on top at that point, and that just knocked the stuffing out of them again. It just Hit them, it hit the reset button for them, um, and and ultimately going in at half time two one up was important. But that third one as well, that the move, the move. I think is it is it Dallas or is it Ailing who wins the 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 tackle in Dallas in Leeds, Dallas in, in Leeds half, and you know just plays the ball forward. Rafinha takes one look and just thinks, right, well West Ham's defensive shape is absolutely nowhere to be seen here. Jack Harrison's spotted the opportunity. He's coming in on the, the other side of the box and just threads through an absolutely beautiful ball. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at it and you're going, it's Jack Harrison, one-on-one with Lucas Fabianski, and you're going, oh, just don't don't mess it up because it's 2-2 by this point. And he just lifts it over so delicately. And it's really, really satisfying. Because, I mean, I'm sort of level with, with, the, with the goal and I'm thinking, has he put it wide? Has he put it wide? You see the net ripple and you just think, yeah, that is a really, really top finish. Um, you know, obviously, besides you know having to type out the, the the goals and the multiple Gs and Os and As and Ls, but afterwards, when I had a little bit of time to reflect, I thought the composure that he showed oh. um, to to see this hat trick as well. I mean, how many times do we see those, those sort of chances go over the you know, at best land on the yeah. roof of the net, if not completely wide, and you you're sort of thinking, oh, I could have finished that. I mean, it, it, yeah. it is such such a difficult thing to do, but to have the composure and the wherewithal. So, and like you say, it's such a crucial point in the game because at two two, if yeah. he misses that, there's nothing to say West Ham don't want to win the game at that stage. And that goal proved crucial in the end. And we, we can talk about VAR ultimately, and, and hopefully Leeds probably should have won by more in the end. But the adversity was what got me today. I mean, they came over overcame so much adversity, and I think it was quite a useful microcosm of the season as a whole because. They start well, they show some progress, they show some some resemblance of last season and some ability to actually play well and beat teams that aren't in the bottom half of the league. And they then go and lose, score the goal, then lose two more players. And you just I just cannot understand this. I mean, I'm not blaming anybody, it's just it's just happening and it's just such a curse. But to lose those two against you know a bona fide top four contender 
at their own at their own pitch. And you're kind of worrying at that point about which way the game is going to go. But they stuck at it. They rode the storm. As you said, there was, there was a point at which the game was in the balance. They rode that storm. Evidently, making those two changes is going to change the flow of the game, change the the chemistry on the pitch for Leeds and, and where everybody is, is popping up. I mean, not to mention the lack of experience those two players have. But they rode that storm out, got to half time. Then, over, then, of course, West Ham get the ideal start to the second half with their early equals. And then you think, OK, yeah. Leeds have fought valiantly, but it's going to be three or four, two to West Ham now. And then to stick in and for Harrison to then get that chance, stick it away. Um, just just a, a brilliant, brilliant performance and an amazing to get those three points with such adversity, don't you think? Yeah, battling. I think that was the words. I mean, you know, Bielsa described it. He said it was a win for the players, didn't he? Um, you know, it was one which, you know, they'll be really satisfied with. It's one they deserved. It's one they, you know, they were pegged back twice. And you know, it's not easy to, to go back in front. It's not easy to come from behind, but it's equally not, not very easy to, to go back in front when the momentum has been sapped from you. And I think two players in particular, um, well, actually, no, I'm going to go with three players. And we could, we could rattle off the entire 11 after today's performance. But three players in particular who I thought were, were, were top, top of the class was, was Pascal Strauch, um, was Luke Aylin and Stuart Dallas. Uh, I think in the second half, especially, Stuart Dallas made so many tackles, so many blocks, so many interceptions. Honestly, he must have spent more time on his backside sliding in to, to, to try and divert passes and try and, you know, shackle Antonio or whoever he was marking at that point. Um, and, and Ailing was the same, you know, he was very proactive. Some of the runs that he made in the second half, they just, they, you know, they cut West Ham's structure open. And for a brief moment, you were, you were looking at them going, OK, well, you know what, that's bought us some time here. It's not just backs against the wall. Um, it's not just punting the ball up aimlessly. It was, you know, getting back to those principles. And I think it was really encouraging to see. And I think my, I think you probably agree with me here, Baron, having, having looked at your ratings, but my man of the match, you know, goals aside was, was Pascal because five out of five tackles made, um, five out of nine aerial duels, I think it was. Antonio didn't really get a sniff in the box. And there's not many times you've been able to say that this season. Um, he was just... It looked like it looked like he matched him physically, and to come back after one and a half months, six weeks or so without any football, that was just you know that that was the performance that you needed from from Pascal today, and he delivered. And I think I don't I don't want to go on too long, but you know that's that's a reflection of the the, the youth transfer policy that the, the father of the idea, Victor Orta, put in. You know, Pascal, Ilan Melier, uh, Leo Helder, uh, Louis Bay, all on the pitch today. You know, and in a, in a very big win, they were all signed. They were all tempted from Celtic, Chelsea, Ajax, Lorient, you know, big clubs, European clubs to come and play for Leeds. And there you have it. There was the opportunity and, you know, they delivered. So much narrative in today. And, and I think you could, get, you could get it. I mean, from the Sky Sports coverage, we could tell. And from, from the national newspaper questions that the narrative was shaped a little bit by Arsenal this weekend and yeah. this this idea of, of bending the rules for postponements and Bielsa was asked pre-match and post-match with, with the injuries whether they'd have considered it and he didn't get into any opinionated stuff as, as he rarely does and he you know he, he said that you know it, in black and white we, we didn't have the um the absent the, the type of absences which I think is his way of saying that none of our absences were affected by COVID so it wasn't even so he didn't actually let on whether they would have tried or not but he just said that you know our absences didn't apply to that. And I think beyond that, you look at the nuance of it and and this narrative that is bubbling away now. And like you say, seeing Kjelder and Bate come on, seeing a, an average age of the bench aside from Rodrigo of 18, 
it's very it's, I mean it's a bit of a cheap shot because we don't we're not inside the Arsenal camp and this isn't an Arsenal broadcast but it's very easy for you know Joe blogs on Twitter to look at it and say oh look look at Leeds's bench look who they're bringing on they're happy to play and turn up today um and so like you say it does play into that the wider narrative of the week as well you know you've alluded to to the Cody Drame stuff there and I think we've done that quite excessively on our website now and people will be well aware of what Marcelo was said and where he stands on Cody without without any degree of animosity you know I think he was if anything cutting a a confused figure in that that he is sort of misinterpreting things but I think for those of us on the other side looking at it from a wider point of view you you can see how apt it was that that strike comes in today after so long out and again plays at the level we've seen him play at already before I mean it's it's quite frightening really how, how good he's going to be because he's still so young and he's he's got all of the physical attributes you need already and his technical and especially mental attributes are only going to get better with experience and he's going to be a hell of an asset in, in a few years time I mean we're, we're not going to make this a, a Leeds United in five years time podcast but you know Liam Cooper we know is is the other side of 30 now uh, Robin Cox I mean Robin Cox a little bit younger Diego Llorente is into his peak but Stroik is, all being well, going to be Leeds United centre-half for the next five to ten years and his value is going to going to shoot up. But he was brilliant today and Dallas was probably the one I was on the fence with a little bit. I think I gave him a seven and I do feel a little bit harsh now given how he finished the game. And because he published the, the rating so promptly on the whistle, sometimes, if we're being honest, the last 10 or 15 minutes maybe doesn't quite get the credit it deserves for players. And Dallas was, was very, very good. I think I was probably penalising him for losing Bowen on the first corner. Um, I'll put that against his name, but but yeah, him and him and Ailing and, and a lot of the experience as I felt, especially at halftime, it was the experienced players which were guiding Leeds through that storm, and they were providing that that little bit of edge and nous that the team needed just to just to edge them through what was a a very volatile period in the match. Um, I, I mean, there's so much to talk about. I don't know how to order my thoughts, but. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Rafinha and his role? Because I think he's had he's had a quiet few games by his very very high standards. But but today, I mean, VAR aside, could have had two assists if, if not just the one. I mean, yeah, I think the the thing that really sort of told us that Rafinha was in the mood was that that Harrison assist and also the fact that he he struck the bar, um, you know, with that free kick. Which it's you know it was funny because I, I was sat here thinking. He is actually he's going to have a go here you know there's there's not going to be any sort of dinking over the wall or or trying to lay off and stuff it was nobody else was touching that dead ball um and you know i mean i think looking at his, at his statistics after the game you know that's that's kind of where where the the, the value of rafinha sort of comes in again and you know he's he's you know he's, he's a big dribbler he's obviously got that one assist um you know he's he's created i think seven chances today um which is you know yeah just looking now leeds created 15 chances today uh, and seven of them were from Rafinha. So, I mean, even when he flies under the radar and doesn't get on the score sheet and you know doesn't do everything himself or doesn't look as though he's doing everything himself, you know, he, he was today and he, he was, you know, he was at his effervescent best, maybe in a supporting role. You know, there was there were times when you know he would just he would he, he pressure the opponent, he'd, he'd, he'd join in the press along with Dan James and, and Jack Harrison. And it's right what Bielsa said after the game, and you guys can can check this out with the the transcript, which I think has just gone live on on, on the Leeds live website um, for everything that Bielsa said. But he said that the, the three forwards really complemented complemented each other as well. Cool to get into it. Brain starting to slow down a little bit, but yeah, um, it was yeah it was exactly what what you wanted from from your star player when when he's not in the goals. He's he's the one the the, the talisman, the mastermind behind them. And yeah, I think you know the. 
I mean, we're getting on to individual performances, but I mean, they, at, at the same goal last weekend, we had the VAR controversy with Jared Bowen and whether he was interfering or not, and whether the, the Four Niles goal should stand in the FA Cup last weekend. Um, Leeds have one ruled out today, uh, could have gone 4-2 up. Matthias Click probably feeling incredibly hard done by that he's not got himself on the score sheet. Um, but, I mean, Rafinha skins Diop uh, down that side. Uh, Ailing wins the ball in, in Leeds half. Rafinha skins Diop down the side and just times it to perfection, just put, puts the brakes on. Everybody sort of rushes to the goal mouth. And he goes, no, actually, I'm going to cut this back to Click, who's sort of on the penalty spot. Click hits it first time and it's in the net. And I think I made some very, uh, some very fanboy-esque tweets at, at that moment where I was saying, it's four, it's four, can you believe it? Um, just sort of like decrying the, the move. Uh, and then, lo and behold, Mike Dean decides that actually, no, that one's not going to stand because his VAR official says that it's taken a slight nick off Rodrigo on the line. I mean, what's, Baron, what's your stance on it? Because the ball is basically in the net. Rodrigo's on the line. It does hit him. So technically, by the, the letter of the law, he is offside. But come on, that is just... I mean, can you imagine if it had gone 3-3? That would have been... Nah, you wouldn't have been able to live with yourself. It's another strand to the narrative I was talking about. The fact that just one week earlier, West Ham have a, an entirely illegal, go, uh, illegal goal allowed. And come away thinking, how on earth is that? He is literally in front of, of Melier. I mean, you cannot interfere more unless you were hugging him and masking his face. And then you go from that to this one and you think, wait, like... <laughs> the ball is the basically ball, in the net. It, the, the ball is, is... There is no more West Ham players to be influenced. They are all effectively in front of him. He's, he's not... You know, if he wasn't there, the ball sails in. He's not he's not diverted it in. It's not going out, and, and he's he's helped it in. It, he's literally on the line, cowering away from the ball. And it, the West Ham defender uh, was it Lanzini who was trying to clear it, or was it Four Niles? Uh, oh, was it somebody else? I always get Lanzini and Four Niles mixed up. Um, I always get them mixed up. They're very the West similar. Ham player, the last man, sort of stretching for it. Yeah, he's not stretching for it because Rodrigo goes there. He's stretching for it. Because because the shot is goal bound, so Rodrigo being there has not interfered with him at all. Fabianski is beached. You no, know, he he's not been affected by Rodrigo. Nobody's being affected by Rodrigo. And yeah, I mean, yeah, if you are doing it by the letter of the law, then I can maybe see an argument. But but when you then frame it with last weekend's, it's just it's an absolute sickener that theirs was allowed and this one wasn't. It just the just lack of consistency is really painful. Like you say, thankfully it didn't matter. Yeah, but if it had been three yeah. three, then I mean, I think if, if mean, it had been three three, Marcelo still would have praised VAR and their families <laughs> and and their upbringing yeah. and their education um, and, and the their route through the technology and yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, but hey, um, you know what? He, he's he's right. At the end of the day, you know, it it. it <sighs> If, if, if we allow, if we accept that errors are going to happen, then, you know, it does make for a better game. And I tell you what, if it was 4-2, those last 15 minutes, I probably wouldn't have been able to feel my pulse in my stomach because the, the excitement and the just so much being on the line, you know, it was, it was absolutely brilliant stuff as, as, a, as the, a spectacle. How much smaller was the away crowd compared to last week? So um, did, did, probably, did they get the did they get the frontier still? Was that given uh, to West Ham fans? It wasn't the whole frontier. It was um, okay. sort of the one half, the smaller half of the frontier, and then the same size. Um, oh, okay. The so they got a corner basically. So it, was, 
it was similar to the upper tier is like i don't know if you anyone or yourself you know going to molyneux the away the way the away section there where it's sort of like on the side of the the, the stand yeah. but they made a great noise um especially in those final 10 minutes and then you could hear them really well on tv still they, yeah they, really they made a lot of noise um there was some interesting herding uh, of the fans coming out for the second half which was was a bit curious um there's sort of a, a little little alleyway which the police were sort of using themselves as a sheath to guide the Leeds fans back to the pitch and then the second half started and obviously everybody had finished their pre uh, their half-time pints and wanted to get through but um yeah it was uh it was it was a good show from from the Leeds fans as well I think I've seen a few comments saying that there, there are fans who are there today um and that must have been fantastic when that it was at the Leeds end as well Harrison's third goal that must have been incredible there were some serious serious scenes in there um, one comment as well, there did seem to be a, a medical emergency or there needed to be some medical attention in the stand at one point, um, but uh, paramedics were, were quickly on the scene uh, and they were applauded in by, by that upper tier and, and hopefully, um, hopefully the supporter that was, that was needing a bit of help is, is, is making a full recovery. But yeah, wow. Leeds fans definitely played, their, uh, definitely played their part today. Wow. Um... Let's talk about the substitutions because there was a, a little bit of narrative with them. I mean, Hjelda, we, we kind of probably don't need to talk about too long. I think another solid performance from him, obviously, yeah. thrown in earlier than, than he and any of us expected. But, but based on, on last weekend, we had no real reservations about him playing and plays the left back today. And whilst I think we'd probably say that a bit like, he's quite similar to Stroik, isn't he, in terms of build and frame and positional sort of flexibility you know you, you could probably mm -hmm. do a job at left back but you'd say he's the build of a center back but yeah from what i saw you know had no real issues today i mean jared bowen is is arguably the inform forward in the league at the moment with mo, mo salah away in africa and yeah i didn't really see much of bowen sort of turning him inside out at all to be honest i think he did did well enough i mean we can we can talk about him but i think bates and rodrigo um is probably where we where we should discuss more and rodrigo i think rusty as expected, yeah. Um, good for him to get minutes. Be also said post match to Sky that, that obviously another week will him will will aid him. But Lewis Bate, there will be narrative there. Anybody that's followed Leeds for for any length of time and Bielsa especially will know that this isn't the first time he substituted a substitute. It, it's very it's quite by his by sort of football standards it happens quite frequently for Bielsa. You know you'd be, be surprised if you didn't get two or three a season from him and normally very very apologetic. But but today he did offer a bit of a, a rationale and hopefully that will soften Lewis Bate this evening if he's feeling a little bit hard done by. Yeah, he um, he offered a, a clarification for why that was the case. So after about 20 minutes was when was when Adam Forshaw needed to, to come off uh, with injury. Um, so quite hastily, um, they, the, the, the coaching staff and Bielsa decided it would be Lewis Bate who'd come on. And you could sort of see that they were weighing up their options on the bench. Um, and obviously, with Rodrigo being on there, he made the natural fit to replace Forshaw in that eight slash ten position. Um, but we also said after the game, the reason why Bate came on in the first half and then came off in the second half for Rodrigo was because Rodrigo, having been out for the best part of a month, possibly more, um, wasn't at the at, at the level that they was going to be required at to play, you know, seventy minutes. Um, so you know, Bate was essentially a make weight in that in that sort of Rodrigo Forshaw swap. And um, for those 50 minutes or, or 40 minutes that he, that he played. But yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't a, a reflection of Bates' performance. He said he was dynamic. Um, he said he, he had a lot of involvement. He was he participated a lot, um, which I think is Bielsa's way of saying that he was, in, 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 in so many words, that he was satisfied uh, with the performance. Um, and I think that's that's what we saw 
um, you know, on telly and in the ground, you know, he was he was active. Um, and let's not forget, you know, he, he was rushed straight from the bench. So I don't know if he had any time to, to warm up. So those first five, 10 minutes, he'll have been, you know, just getting up to the speed of the game and getting his body up to speed. But there was one occasion where he nutmegged De- Declan Rice, um, which was around 38 minutes. So if anyone's going to watch the game back, anyone's going to watch the highlights, get it in slow motion, flip it up. Send it to me and Baron because that is yeah, that's exactly what we love to see. An under 23, oh well, the first team player now, um, nutmegging one of England's uh, England's key men. But yeah, Leo held it as well. Um, he was, you know, I, I think I, I tweeted a little a little while ago. For about five minutes in the second half, my brain sort of switched off and I was looking at him as if he was Urente because he was on the far side and he kind of resembles him physically, you know, with this sort of the lightish hair, and I didn't think no no that's not your answer he's suspended um it's it's leo yelled it um and you know he was as you say i didn't really consider the the bowen point you know he he did really well with him he's played left back for the 23s a few times this season and he has played left back uh, at times before he came to leeds but to come into a game like this you know with the intensity and the the expectation we've all seen how difficult it's been for for junior furpo to adapt but leo managed it today and and again another another up to the up to the Premier League standard performance, and you know they, they'll they'll be feeling ten feet tall going into that dressing room and getting on the coach or the private jet or, or whatever tonight. Um, I, I'm sure that they'll they'll have been a visit to the dressing room from from Angus Kinnear and, and Victor Orta and Radrizzani, who are all in attendance today because uh, yeah they they really really gave a good account of themselves. Well, let, let's hope that the uh, that doesn't um, ruin any bubble rules and that uh, those two yes, are allowed to go into the changing room. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I thought Bate was 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 pretty lively again. You know, I think I think one of his first first actions was to spray a 25, 30 yard pass. Yeah. I mean, it, it was to nobody, but he was at least looking for. I think it was James or Harrison in behind. So, like with last week, really, he showed a lot of confidence and willingness to get on the ball. Like Bielsa said, he was participating. Um, and I'm sure he'll feel better by tomorrow. I mean, he clearly he'd looked a little bit crestfallen as he came off, and Bielsa did uncharacteristically give him a pat yeah. on the back. Bielsa does normally just ignore the players as they come on and, and go off. So I think he will be aware of that, but you know, he didn't really make much of it in the post-match. I think in the past when he's aware that he might have hurt a player's feelings, I think Roberts stands out in, in the championship that he took him off after, after putting him on, and he, and he did feel very, very bad. But I think today it made a lot of sense for him, and I think he would hope that Lewis Bate would see it that way as well in that, Rodrigo is a far senior player, wasn't capable of playing for, for more than 70 minutes as it would have been and um, and was given his chance to get some minutes into his legs uh, in the second half. So um, I'm sure I'm sure Bate won't dwell on that too much. And yeah, Hjelda, just another one off the production line. I mean, it's, it's amazing how quickly you forget how young these players are. I mean, we, we keep forgetting how young Pascal is still. And a lot of the last time we worried about him was, was the opening day of last season, you know, when they went to Anfield yeah. and, and he was drafted in because of injury issues and we kind of thought, wondered, you know, how is this going to go? And then since then, we've kind of just forgotten about it, really. I mean, he's just not one you worry about. And, and already, Helder wasn't really one that we worried about as he came on today. So, more silver linings. Um, and as we yeah, I've seen of, quite a few... Sorry, Baron. I, I was just going to say, I've seen quite a few comments here. Tom Johansson saying uh, Leo Helder is, is now the youngest Norwegian debutant in the Premier League, um, which is a nice little nice little milestone if that's that's correct um i think i also uh, there's another one from uh, from odd and hansen um so that's definitely struck a chord with with the norwegian the scandinavian followers um of, of leeds united um which as it you know it definitely would um and i think as well he's the youngest defender to make an appearance in the premier league this season as well so um yeah i think again those two players held in and 
and, and stroke are definitely silver linings to what is already a you know a very good day, very good win. How are you feeling down there, Joe? Are you still feeling warm enough? Are you okay to continue for a I've few got, more minutes? I've got the fingerless gloves. Uh, I've got the hat on. I've got the scarf. Right. So um, I've got the big puffer jacket. So I'm 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 good to go for for a few more minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull up Maybe a few the last comments. one out, but yeah, yeah. Pull up a few comments. Pull up comments to see what people. It's always say. good to see what what people are saying because especially after a result like today. Well, we're, we're looking ahead now, and and as I said, the league table does look a little bit friendly. A fifteenth is nothing to write home about, but but the points gap is. I mean, that's now nine points to the bottom three, and. Evidently, a lot of teams with a variety of games play. I mean, Burnley are going to be in. I mean, Burnley are going to have to play a lot of games in the coming weeks. I mean, thankfully, they've got no um, European or Cup commitments because they're going to have a lot of busy midweeks over the next weeks to try and catch up. But that all aside, points on the board, which which any manager will tell you is what they need. Um, Leeds are, are in a pretty pretty decent position at the moment moving forward. And and as we know, as Tom has pointed out here, Tom Walton. That was absolutely class from the guys. I'm gutted for Forshaw. Lucky we will have more players back for Newcastle. That is the big game now, isn't it? I mean, we saw yeah. yesterday again, Newcastle just dire, aren't they? I mean, even yesterday, Watford are not good. Newcastle buoyed by these new the signings and they just they just cannot kill anything off. And them coming to Ellen Road, that's, that's a big game, isn't it? Because, I mean, if, if Leeds then beat them there as well, I mean, that, that's, that's an almost insurmountable gap for Newcastle, isn't it? Because they don't have games in hand on, on Leeds. Yeah, don't have games in hand. They don't have favourable fixtures. And you know, if you if you were Newcastle, you'd you'd be looking at Watford and Leeds as games that you you have to win. And have ultimately, win, yeah. they 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 have to come to Ellen Road and, and and take three points. And you know, the way that they let Watford back into the game yesterday, you wouldn't. I mean, and on the back of this performance and the possibility that that Patrick Bamford could potentially yeah. come back in for that game. You know, you add Bamford into this this Boyd group. Um, and you know, there's yeah, it, it's it, it, it's all it's all rosy, isn't it? You know, you've got Bamford, Rodrigo, and uh, Pascal coming back and, and playing as as well as he did today. Um, yeah, the possibilities are, are there to to really use this as as a launch pad for the season because it to this point it hasn't felt like the season's kicked into gear. Today was probably the first time that I felt as though that was a, a performance which reflected last year. You know where it was. You know you you were playing. There were some passages of play in the final third, which were just one touch click using being used as sort of a wall pass. Dan James Harrison sort of just darting everywhere, and you thought it's starting to click now. West Ham yeah. looked at sixes and sevens. Issa Diop was was cheered off the pitch when he was substituted by the West Ham fans. I don't know whether that was because it was an academy player coming on for him who's an attacker, but he did not have a good game today. The 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 fable of the the mouse and and the elephant always came back into mind when when Dan James was was chasing after him because J- James is so so tiny he just he terrified him every time he was he was going after him and um, yeah he did that with Dawson as well um, and yeah you look you look ahead to, to the next to the next game and you think well after last weekend being knocked out of the FA Cup things looking a, a bit better what's what's Ian got to say here and breathe yeah Ian I'm feeling that I needed to lie down after that final whistle. <laughs> We were superb, then the injuries disrupted our flow. Thankfully, we had skill, guile and belief. Yeah, I think it's just nice to have a, a happy fan base this evening. So I think yeah. Yeah, we had the we had the, the upbeat emotions of beating Burnley two weeks ago. But, you know, we all know that's Burnley um, and it's been two weeks. So I think the momentum of that had kind of been sucked out of Leeds. And they're coming in tonight, two wins on the bounce now and, and beating a proper top 16. I mean, Worth mentioning David Moyes, you know, he, he'd warned this last week after the game and said that he was perplexed that Leeds with more games in hand than West Ham were not required to play this midweek and West Ham were. Now, West Ham beat Norwich, as we know, and 
if West Ham had won tonight, I'm sure it wouldn't have been an issue. But West Ham have lost, and David Moyes has, has pointed fingers at the fact they did have a congested midweek. But you know, them's uh, <laughs> that's how it falls sometimes, David. And and Leeds Leeds have had a pretty rotten look this season. If you want to talk about fatigue and 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 players being off it, try dealing with twelve absentees. Um, so yeah, I don't think I don't think I think it's wrong to take anything away from Leeds. Um, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, should we get Should we get one more comment up before we? Uh, yeah, we I'm head a quick, the, just kind of a little look, see if there's anything a little bit different. Here we go. So we, we've got um, one of our Scandinavian fans, so Morton Vesteras, and Graham Sunes is, is definitely a man that you and I have discussed in the past on uh, on Sky Sports. They're my favourite team to watch. City are great, but these are tremendous to watch. They are honest to a man. If you know anything or even a little about football, you want them in the PL. If I lived anywhere but Yorkshire, I'd buy a season ticket. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure Graham Sunes has been among Gels's biggest critics this season as well. And I think he seems to sort of just change by the week. I'm sure Sunes has hammered them earlier this season. He has, yeah. He um, he said, Leeds have been a shambles. The way they've been asked to play, they aren't going to win games yeah, in our that, Premier yeah. League. Come on, I mean, he seems to have seems to have changed his tune a little bit there, as Graham. But I suppose you know, playing to the crowd, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, that, that, actually, I knew it. I remembered that he'd said something along those lines, but I didn't realise it was so sort of so. Yeah, I severe. definitely thought he was in in, in the anti Bielsa camp, but that's that's quite the opposite. Yeah. The way they've been asked to play was how they played today, and and they came to a team who were challenging for European football, who are a European football team at the moment, and beat them and deserve to win. So. How's them apples, Graham? You know. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've got you've got to take you've got to take the good with the bad, haven't you? You and I have watched yeah. them long enough to know that you know, for all of the bad days where they are cut open to pieces, there are good days like today where that philosophy actually wins them games and and, and should have won it by more than than the one goal they did win it by. Um, we'll wrap it up there, folks. It's been going just over half an hour, and I'm and I'm worried about Joe's um Joe's well-being to be honest because um <laughs> he's got to sort himself out and try and just retain some warmth uh, before setting off home. Thanks for joining, though. I mean, as ever, the numbers on these, especially after they've won the game, is fantastic. If you haven't liked the page, please do so if, if you're new around. And, uh, and do subscribe if you want to pick up more videos like this in the past uh, from myself, Joe, and our colleagues. But um, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, we've got another clear week now until until Newcastle, which is next Saturday. And, and I'll be back with Joe at the stadium at Ellen Road uh, before what's the, the mini international break. We're still waiting for news of this, this rearranged Villa game. I think the Liverpool game might be a bit longer to rearrange, but the Villa game with with them being out of the cup as well. There's definitely a window there for it to be played, but we're waiting for confirmation. So the gap between the Newcastle home game and the Villa away game um, is to be confirmed because there could be that second Villa game in the middle. But um, we'll leave it there, Joe. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thank you very much for, for joining and and, um, and with your comments, guys. Um, always very much appreciated. And and yeah, thank you um, thank you to, to the lads for, for three points because that will make the, the drive home a lot easier. Cheers, folks. See you later.